I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit. The show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook? How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm gonna have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a pleasant day outside. 60 plus degrees. 64, according to our computer. Welcome into Orange Nation. That is the record, by the way. Kate Thornton filling me in uh, before Bridge Street. 64 degrees. The record, she said we will hit a new record today. Uh, enjoy it while you can. It's going to be in the 20s uh, by this time next week. Good puppy walking weather. It is. It is. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the show today. We've got Gary Gate coming up at 12.15. We've got Jerry McNamara, 12.45. We've got the voice of the Orange, Matt Park, 1.15. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. And it felt like it was about time last night, Paulie. Uh, this team... Uh, Deserved one of those, right? To to go their way. They've played a lot of good teams close. Miami, North Carolina, Virginia. For whatever reason and for different reasons, the games, you know, just didn't go in their favor. You got breaks this game. And then last night, um, you got some breaks. You took advantage of those breaks and, and Syracuse has its first win over a nationally ranked opponent. Steve, I saw a roadmap to this team being really really good last night. You know, they still need to make improvements, but you can see this team could be elite. If, you know, are they going to all click on all cylinders at the same time? No, probably not. Not all five. I've said before, you need three to do it. But last night, everybody contributed. And if you could just make little improvements on a couple things, like I'm not a coach, Jesse Edwards gets more efficient around the basket, right? The last two games, you feel like they would have dominated. Yeah. Chris Bell hits wide-open jump shots that he normally hits. The past two games are not as close as they were. Yeah, Bell one for five in this one. You're talking about the one for nine game he just had. And, man, Jesse does miss a lot of bunnies right around the rim, but when push came to shove last night, literally when push came to shove, uh, he got some big baskets, a couple of big and ones, uh, and then he he had the defensive play of the game, you know, drawing the offensive foul uh, to to close it out on on DJ Burns. And I know Kevin Keats was upset about the call. Burns was upset about the, it, it was a charge. I mean, it, right? I mean, it was. I don't think there was, and that that isn't a biased. You know, we come at it from a Syracuse angle opinion. That was lowered his shoulder. And that was a charge, just like you know when Judah Mintz. Uh, you know, in the North Carolina game, uh, ran over R.J. Davis. That was a that was a charge. Uh, they they got some good breaks last night, and and they took advantage of those breaks, and they they won the game. Yeah, and uh, if they play that way the rest of the season, they're going to be a tough beat, right? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And we've been saying, you know, lately that we've, you know, we've seen signs that that they're improving, they're getting better, that they're growing up. Um, I thought Judah was fantastic again last night. And he's, again, he's a pro. This is, I hate saying it. well, he is someday. I don't know if it's next year or not. He's a pro, bro. But 
you know, this is th- these are the growing pains that we saw early on paying dividends now, right? And his decision making has gotten a lot better. He had nine assists last night, one turnover, and he was really good down the stretch. And you know, he forced the issue again. What was different last night? We talked about this the the other night. Um, you know, against Florida State. The, the fact he had such a great second half, we said, you know what, the whistle blew a few times in his favor, and maybe early in the year he wasn't getting those whistles. He, he got a fortunate whistle or two in the second half, um, but that comes with you know the experience of what he went through in the first half of the year. He even talked about it afterwards last night. Um, you know, Mario Sacco was in the locker room for us, and I listened to his sound after the game, and you know, Judah talked about first half of the year, you know, I wasn't great in, in close game situations. Um, I think collectively as a team and, and Judah in particular, they are getting better in these close game situations. And that's like, that's not a coincidence. That's by, it's not by accident. You go through, it's a learning process and this team has learned. And I think they've, they've learned how to win and they've learned how to beat good teams. Nine and, assists. Um, yeah. He was awesome. 20 points. He was awesome. You know, made all his free throws. I mean, let, you know, talk about free throws matter. Uh, you know, he, he stepped to the line and, you know, after the offensive foul, he had to go to the line and make two big free throws, and he did. You know what uh, You know what else happened last night? And I, I don't know if we'll see it, but I'm going to say we are. We saw five dudes play the whole game, and you're probably going to see that the rest of the way. Yeah, and, I and mean. just hopefully it's not too little too late. Right. Um, you know, Benny went in, he, he, he got three minutes. It, it Listen, it was hard to take those guys off the court. I mean, Bell and Brown both played really well. I mean, you know, Malik was 10.6 rebounds. A, another efficient effort from him, five for six from the field. You know, Chris Bell, he's out there. He's, he's a three-point shooting threat. Um, he is doing more than just shooting the basketball now. I mean, he got three rebounds, but, you know, defensively, he's more active, seems to be in the right spots. And... Listen, he's he's a better offensive player than Benny, and so if if he's rebounding a little bit for you, and and Malik certainly was, um, it's hard to go away from those guys. And you know, Samir played four minutes. Justin Taylor got six. Benny got three. You're right. I mean, I I think you're to the point of the season now where as long as the starters are playing well, like this isn't a case where there's a, a certain rotation. It feels like if as long as they're playing well, they're going to stay on the court. Yeah. Uh, just for example, last night Jesse Edwards five of fourteen. If he's Eight of fourteen, and he very easily could have been eight for fourteen, right? Right. I mean, he missed. He he always. It's 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 frustrating because you know he's he's so good. But you're you're right. His line, man. He was eighteen and sixteen. He could have been you know twenty four and sixteen very easily. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and there's a there's a couple plays down the stretch where you're like, oh no, it's going to happen again. Malik Brown has a rebound. Offensive rebound land right in his hand, and he drops yeah, it. Just slips through his hands, yeah. Yeah, and you feel like it. But they closed it out, and now it's just hope that they go on a heater. The the three from the corner that Smith hit off the backboard, off the backboard that was the moment for me where I was like, Oh man, it's you know it's happening again, right? But then Jesse goes down and bangs <laughs> one, and you're like, Well, this is a different feel. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, they caught some breaks too. I mean, Jesse hit the hit the three. You know, Judah hit the three after. That was an underrated play, by the way. The Jesse. when Joe loses it and he turns the official looking for a call, and Jesse just dives on the floor like his life depended on it. Like you, you're and, building a resume there, right? I mean, he just he just went he just went after it. He grabbed it and had the presence of mind. 
not to travel, not to get tied up, not to call a timeout. He immediately saw Judah Mintz and got it to him. And then Judah hits a three, which, you know, it's his 10th three of the season. So, you know, Jesse hits a three. Judah hits a late three. They they did get a couple whistles. You know, Judah got fouled um, on a, you know, kind of sort of questionable call in the final few minutes. Obviously, the offensive foul on Burns, which was an offensive foul. And, um, you know, they, uh, they, they win the game. Um, it, it, they deserved it. They, they did. They, they've, this, this has been three weeks in the making, this kind of game. And, and they finally got it last night. Were you a little surprised they didn't foul on the last possession? No. Okay. No, I they think they had one to give. I know. I agree with that, though. Like, I think they're, I feel like it was kind of a, you know what? They're going to expect us to jump them and follow them right away. Just let do they, maybe they haven't even called the play. They're thinking, hey, they're gonna follow gonna us. Follow us. Yeah, right. run a Let's play. Save, save our play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you don't do it, and then they're kind of they're scrambled. I thought it was a good. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get Jerry's thoughts on that. I'll, I'll ask him that because I'm curious. I, I just assumed they were going to follow. Maybe NC State assumed they were going to follow. Yeah, I think everybody was, and yeah. I think it was kind of a hey, no, let's just let's play it out. Let's make him make a play. What did you think about Malik batting it out to half court? I mean, I I, I hated it, but it worked. <laughs> it reminded me of Akeem Warwick in the national championship year when he threw the ball up against Pittsburgh and it came down. And there was still time. On the <laughs> right. It was yeah. That's I don't know if it's a smart play. I mean, I think in that case it was because it, he he smacked it so deep that you know he probably didn't know how much time was. But if left. he grabs it, he gets fouled. Right, right. If if you can swat at it. You can probably catch it, and he probably could have caught that and gotten fouled. Um, you know, to me, it was instinctual for him. He just batted it. He batted it so far, though, that you know, it. I think it ended up being a good play. But Syracuse got some breaks last night too. There sure, was, it looked to me from I didn't see it on TV, but it looked like they had a kick ball that started a fast on defense. Someone kicked a ball, and it started a fast break for Syracuse. And yeah, it's good to have the it. It's good to have some uh, some calls and plays go your way. Yeah, and and like I said, they they earned that, right? They were yeah. owed that to them. They've had a few, um, at the very least, 50-50 calls not go their way in these close games. And and there is such a fine line um, in college basketball. I was going to say in this conference, but it's really across college basketball. Major college basketball, there is a fine line between winning and losing. I think we see that every night across the Power 5 conferences or Power 6 conferences throw the Big East in there. Um, that literally a possession or two, if it goes the other way, you know, you end up losing the game. And uh, and they made the plays last night. Judas three again. Jesse Jesse getting it done in crunch time. Not just getting fouled and completing the three point play, but stepping the line and and making the free throws. Sixteen rebounds. He was really good. Yeah. If if you get double figures from your starting five, Steve, I'm going to say this: you're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and there, I'm no genius. You know, we brought up. Uh, I'll die on that hill. We brought up the, you know, the stats yesterday about 75 being a magic number for them, and NC State scoring 75 or more points. They were 15 and 0 this year, and they scored less than 75 points. They had a losing record, and and we said yesterday, SU wants this game in the you know the 60s if possible. It, it obviously spilled into the 70s, but they kept NC State below that mark, below that magic 75. And uh, and they needed to because you know one more possession, one more basket out of NC State, and you know we're going into overtime, and and who knows what happens from there. So another another thing that stands out was uh, NC State made it abundantly clear last night that they were going to try and run, and 
beat Syracuse down the court, not let them set up the zone. 13 fast point break, fast break, break, break points, points for yeah. NC State. Yeah, for SU. 21 yeah. for SU. Yeah, and Griff brought up that point yesterday when we had him on. NC State leads the conference in fast break points. Syracuse beat them at their own game last night to some degree, plus eight in that category for the Orange. And when they fell down by nine early on, that's how they got back into it. Syracuse got out in transition a couple of times and eliminated that deficit almost instantaneously. And uh, you felt like there was a little bit of a danger zone time when, when NC State went on that run, went up by nine. And, you know, Cuse got a few easy baskets and uh, got right back into it. And uh, it was an entertaining game. We thought it was going to be close. We thought it was going to be a one possession game. It was a one possession game. And, uh, you know, SU's now won three in a row. A lot of work left to do. Um, but this is, a, this is a good step in the right direction for this team. Two bench points for Syracuse last night. Yeah, that harkens back to every other year in Syracuse. Yeah. You know, and you but just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, to I was going to say if you if you're harping on that, I'm not saying you are, but I, that's nitpicking. If people are, you know, the the starters scored in double figures, they played great, they deserve to be out there, and uh, and those guys got the job done. And it's amazing that when this happens, you know, they win 75-72, um, and it's a it's a great win. The starters were awesome. If they lose 75-72, they they were tired. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's how it is. And we'd have calls. <laughs> right. Uh, we do have to take a timeout. We've got Gary Gates set to join us next. We'll talk some lacrosse with the uh, the legendary Hall of Famer, and then we'll get back into SU basketball after that at 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation, our artist of the day today, Steve's favorite, System of a Down. Steve, this is a cover of one of my favorite bands, Berlin's Metro. You're like talking a different language right now, I, I don't know. Is this like, is this oppressive? Is this like bad for your ears? Is this too much for you? No, I, I just, I've never heard of them or of this song, but that, that, that's fine. I got nothing. I was on a Paris train. I emerged in London rain and you, you ready? There, swimming through apologies. I enjoy them a lot. System of a down metro. Yeah, just not my thing. To each their own. Hey, Syracuse basketball one. Yes. Coach Jim Beheim talked about it last night. He did. And uh, he brought up something that uh, it was the first time uh, they made winning plays down the stretch. Steve. So they so they won the game. They closed out a game. They did. Let's hear it. Down the stretch, this is the f- first one of these games. We've had three here, against, two here against really good teams. And we just couldn't make a play right at the end. Today we made the plays at the end that you have to make to win, made our free throws. Judah made a couple great drives and made his free throws. At the end, the last play, we played really good defense. They didn't get anything to look at. It was good. I thought they played great defense. They've given up wide. When Syracuse gives up threes, sometimes they're wide open. The only open threes they were giving up were deep threes last night. 
Yeah, I thought defense. I thought they were good in the in the half court. I thought they were great in transition defense. We touched on that in the first segment. Um, that that was going to be a key going into this game is that NC State wanted to run, and Syracuse outscored them in the fast break points. Um, I thought the execution down the stretch was really good. You know, Joiner put NC State up seventy sixty seven with about three minutes to go, and then the execution in the final three minutes. You know, there was the play we talked about where Jesse got on the floor and kicked it to Judah for that big three to tie. That was, that was a huge bucket in the game because, again, you if he misses that, or let's say Joe loses the ball, Jesse doesn't get on the floor, and NC State comes up with it. NC State's got the ball up three, yeah. chance to make it a two-possession game with two and a half minutes left. Uh, you're in a lot of trouble. Instead, it, it becomes a tie game. Crowd gets into it, and then they get a stop at the other end, and now, you know, instead of being down two possessions... Syracuse goes up a possession with Jesse's basket in the foul. That, that was a huge swing. Yep, and you're talking about a couple big plays there, and Coach said high-level games are decided by one or two plays. We did make some plays in those games, but we just didn't make enough. You know, we're making more now. But again, these are high-level games, and um, you're going to win some, you're not going to win some. They're, they're tough to win against these teams, and, uh, you know, we were able to get it done tonight, but we made good plays in some in those games. We just couldn't quite, like North Carolina, just couldn't get a rebound and a free throw. It's one play. It wasn't a lot of plays, just one play, and uh, you know. So, but even in these games that we've won lately, there were a lot of key plays at the end of the games. I mean, the game may have ended up eight or ten, but it was really like, we were down in both Boston College and Florida State on the road, six, seven, whatever minutes to go. And you have to make plays, and we've been making them. Yeah, I mean, Carolina, there was the missed free throw that then Joe tried to save. He saved it back in for, you know, the go-ahead bucket. There was Virginia where, you know, Kihei Clark off of a a second-chance opportunity, again, couldn't get a rebound to to close out a defensive possession, kick out to Clark. He buries a big three um, that, that really turned out to be the difference in that game. Again, you know, it, it did seem like, a lot of those games, you know, go back to the Miami game. Judah Mintz has the ball in his hands with 20 seconds left. We talked about that for a whole week about Pitt. did he go too soon. Yeah, the Pitt game. I mean, they really came down to, you know, one possession. Remember the Pitt game. Judah trying to get it to Jesse. They double teamed. He threw it away. You know, this time, this game, you know, Judah made a big three. And then, you know, they get the ball to Jesse. And Jesse took his time and collected himself, you know, went strong, got the basket, got the contact, made his free throws. I mean, Jesse was 7 for 8 from the line. Lots to like about this game. And between Judah and Jesse, they were, what, 12 of 13 from the free throw line. Now you got to continue to do it, Steve. Yeah. And you got to hope it's not too little too late. Yeah. And and I do wonder, and I I heard Brian Higgins bring up this point on his show yesterday, and I thought it was a really good point, and maybe we we talked to Jim Beheim about it, but, you know, Brian said, is it – is it time to get back to um, emphasizing the how you finish the season? Because in this day and age with the transfer portal, these teams are completely different. Whether it's freshmen or you know even like you know Pittsburgh's got a, a brand new team, they're veteran guys, but it's their first time playing together. You know this day and age with so much turnover on teams, would it be better for the committee to start? emphasizing the last 10 or the last 15. Well, even if you do, you're still going to be in the same spot with this team. Well, this particular team, yes. But I'm saying just across the board in terms of, you know, because 
what, what are SU's biggest issues with their resume right now? It's twofold. It's lack of quality wins, which they, they got one last night. One's not going to be enough, but they got one last night. The other thing is they got to still make up for losing to Bryant and Colgate, and that's really tough to do. And again, if you're emphasizing the second half of the year, how you finish, you know, now all of a sudden, I mean, they've won three look, in a row. Look, if they went, they have, we've been saying they have to win out. Right? No, I get to it. Be, I get it. If they went out, it's going to erase those. Lo- they're well, not going to look back at those losses and care. I guarantee the committee will not care about those losses. I'm just saying, if you if you do put a greater emphasis on the last ten or whatever, you know this team, this Syracuse team is in much better position now to win a lot of games than it was at the beginning of the year. Obviously, and a lot of other teams are as well. But they've won three in a row. Let's say they close their last ten, eight and two. Or you know, I, I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, if they win four of the next five, they're going to be. Okay, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I, I I think that I'd like to have that conversation. Let's see what happens if they get to that point. Um, but, I mean, they're still 95th in the net, so they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, I know, but, okay, say, you, there's one thing we're also leaving out of this this equation right now. Like, everybody's talking about, well, they got to run the table. Right. Yeah, they do. If you look at the ACC standings, if they run the table – they're going to be a top four team in the ACC. Yeah, that's are they a good going point. to leave a top four team out of the AC, out of the tournament? Again, their resume though needs a lot of work. Um, now, if they're going to if they make a run, I mean, there's a chance that they only have one quad one win. Okay, so if they finish in the top four in the ACC, and are they going to skip Syracuse and put a Clemson in? Again, I think they have to look at it from a resume perspective. I don't think they're going to do it. They're not going to do it based on where they finish because you know the schedules are are unbalanced. Not all you know, not all wins are created equally. We've talked about this. That's why the net rankings are in place. So, I mean, it is it's possible for them to run the table and have one quad one victory. Yes, I know. You know, it, and that's a problem. That's a problem. But all they can, they can't worry about that. Wake Forest finished fifth last year and didn't make it. Yeah. And so not not only is it a, again. Their problem is twofold: lack of quality wins, quad one wins, and those games at the beginning of the season that are glaring on their resume right now. You know, the in, in particular Brian and Colgate. So, again, I would love to have that conversation. I hope they keep winning, and we can have we can continue to have this conversation. But last night, to me, was more about just this team in particular in terms of. Gaining confidence, getting a positive outcome against a good team, showing what this team could ultimately be, whether it's this year or if all these guys stick together, it it shows them what they could be if they stick together and, and decide to all come back. Um, Judah Mintz is going to be difficult. He's, he, he's, he's really a, good. He's, yeah. he's an NBA player, and we were discussing yesterday, he could make a lot of money. He's in college in, next year. Yeah, well, in, right. And that's what I was going to say is that, that that's why the conversation is different now than it used to be. Is that there's at least it, it could be it could still be enticing to stay if you have the right yeah, NIL but it could be NIL more deals in, in place. Enticing to stay somewhere else also. I get it. I get it. It's a whole new world. Or you hope that uh he does what Smith from NC State did and said, Hey, I like it here. Yeah. I'm i I'm a mid first rounder, but I'm gonna stay. I'm going to stick it out and try and win here. Right, put some money in my pocket and try to win and, and, and improve my value, improve my game. I mean, again, if he can if he can develop a three-point shot, man, watch out. All right, let's uh, hit a phone call here before we get to Jerry. We've got Tim and Eastwood up next on the show. Hey, Tim. 
Hey, guys, uh, I can't agree with you more on Judah Mintz. I mean, Adam Weitzman or somebody's got to lock up an NIL deal with him for next year because we got to somehow keep him. Fans can do it. Yeah. I contribute to the 315 Foundation. I, I'm doing every little bit I can. I know a lot of people are. Yeah, so You can actually direct the money directly to him also. You you can? Yes. <laughs> yes. In the 315 Foundation? You, yes. You can decide where your money is. Oh, goes. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, I, I'm just going to say it was a great win last night. Do you guys have an inkling about what the little discussion was between the coaches last night. I think um, it was just about the officiating. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I got to feel. I think Keats was still uh, griping about the either the call on Edwards on the N1 or the call on, on Mintz when, I mean, their guy, Marcel, clearly got away with an elbow to the face of Gerard. And they, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, they didn't even go and review that. Correct. So they, I believe they did during the timeout because they remember that he got hit in the face twice, right? He got hit in the face, yeah. and then he drew an offensive foul right after that. And then both benches were upset, right? Syracuse was upset because they thought, as you said, he got away with an elbow. NC State was upset because I think they they felt like Gerard flopped, and so both uh, sides yeah. both sides yeah. were upset. So I, correct me if I'm wrong, Paulie, because you were there. I was at the Channel Nine studio by that time. I, I they went to the monitor during the timeout. I'm pretty sure. Um, just to check those things, and they determined that it was a common foul. And uh, so they they did look into it on, on both ends of it, I believe, but they determined that it was a common foul. I, I can't believe they didn't think that that was an elbow to the face and it should have been a flagrant. Yeah. Because he, he saw Gerard. He, he can't tell me he didn't know he was there. He saw Gerard and... Ex- tried to keep him from getting the ball and extended his arm and his elbow hit him in the face. How that wasn't called, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if Mince's call gets Notre Dame against, excuse me, North Carolina was called, how could they not call it last night on Marcel? I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe it's just because it's different officiating. I, I'm but seeing, thought, uh, Tim, I'm thought, see, Tim, one second, I'm seeing uh, some comments in the chat that the replay showed that he did not get hit in the face, um, that he got hit more in the chest area. So, so yeah, On the second foul, but on the first one, yes. Yeah. He got hit right in the nose. In fact, his nose, during the timeout, I think they had the uh, carry, he had a bloody nose. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, um, but... Yeah, I mean, listen. There, there were definitely some some questionable calls uh, both ways, and and I think you know Syracuse got the big ones right down the stretch. I mean, that offensive foul. Li- listen, it it was there was a lot of contact. I think it was an offensive foul on Burns that fouled him out. I think that was the right call. But you know, we've seen you know offensive fouls. Paulie or bang bang plays. Uh, the co- coach Keith was asked about the conversation with Coach Beheim after he said uh, wanted the game to be decided by the players. Uh, that was what I was discussing with Coach Beheim. It was a personal conversation. He wants to share it. It's completely up to him, but there was no animosity between us. Okay, good. Good. I, I think Tim's trying to chime back in. Well, we got to. Oh, we got to hit a timeout. All right, uh, Tim, I'm sorry. We got to let you go. We're up against the clock here. We got to get to Jerry McNamara next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Thank you. 
Steve, you're not human. How do you not like this? You ever heard this one before? I'm wearing their hits now. They have hits? Oh, Steve and Fonny doesn't know them, so they stink. I didn't say that. I just, I don't know them. I'm sorry. Never, You've never I've heard this never song? Never heard either. this song. What's How it, is that what's human? Ariel. I, I know the song. I wouldn't know it. But I've heard it. I think they put it in like wrestling video games. It's kind of edgy. That is amazing to me that you have Stop. never. Stop. I can't be never, the only one. I cannot be the only one. Like that song plays a lot. On like, what? The radio. What station? K-Rock. Okay. Well. You think of Josh and Cody's morning show and then think of Stephen Fonte and tell me how much overlap you think there is. It's not my genre. I know, but you've accidentally heard System of a Dow. Maybe. Like, I don't listen to rock radio anymore either. It's like the two, early 2000s. Like, System of a Down was popular. Okay, I am not familiar with them. Jordan's here for Filler Palooza. We've finally come up with a name for a segment that has uh, this a different name every week, and uh, it's the same segment. So Filler Palooza. Uh, so first off, uh, I didn't get through all of the fishy line picks from yesterday's Filler Palooza, but if you follow me on Twitter at Jordan D Capozzi, shameless plug as you should, uh, the picks went five and two. So we're gonna have to do that segment again. You're on oh, something. Great. Instead, uh, we'll do some. They're clamoring on it. Uh, yes, they they all want to be on your Instagram, and they all want more fishy lines. I don't want them on my Instagram. I want them on my Twitter, where I'm posting winners. It's easier than sending people my work emails that also don't get read. But hey, if you want to miss out on free money, you can. Let's play buy or sell. Let's start off with the officiating last night. NC State Bye. shot five free throws. Syracuse shot 17. Head coach of the Wolfpack, Kevin Keats, after the game, said he was disappointed in the officiating and that he wishes that the game was determined by the players. There was also a little handshake confrontation where uh, Coach Beheim gave him what I called the hold your horses hand. Kind of gave no, him I whoa. think he was probably telling him to, it happens. Yeah, so buy or sell being upset about the officiating last night and more so uh, outwardly speaking about it because it does, you do have to mention something if you want things to change sometimes. Yeah, I'm okay I'm, with it. I'm fine with it too. And I, listen, confrontation. I don't know if that was a confrontation. I think there was a at, at the hands. It, it was a hold your horses. It, it seemed like a all in good fun, but they both had a point to make. Like I, I'm sure Keats was no. upset with the officiating, and it, it wasn't a confrontation. It was not a confrontation. No, it, I'm, I'm it with was, you. It's literally just two coaches talking after the game. You don't know what they were saying, and you saw their faces, and you're just guessing. Right. Are you looking at me? Well, I said I, America. I said I mean, it wasn't. I, I said it wasn't Kevin a confrontation. Keats quite literally said that that's what the conversation was about. It was about the yeah. officiating. Yeah, um, but that a, like a confrontation means they were arguing about. Something. Yeah, I think they were. Uh, they they were both venting. No, he was probably saying, "I get it. It yeah, happens right. to everybody. Right. That's why he put it's his happened, hand up." Happened Welcome to, us. to my yeah. world, Kev. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at the North Carolina game that happened at the dome. It it happens to everybody. That's where I don't get why coaches complain. Like, it, yeah, it hap That literally happens to every team at least twice. Well, a year. I think coaches complain because their livelihoods are on the line with wins and losses, and whether or not you make the tournament. And if you have a bad officiating crew, and they cost you a game or two, and it keeps you out of the tournament, it could cost you your job. So I, I get why 
And it, it seems like there's no repercussions for what the officials do as well. Like, if, they, if officials make back – like, let's go back to that Virginia-Duke game, for instance. I realize John Shire is just starting his career. It's not like he's on the hot seat. They That call in the Virginia-Duke game, that cost Duke the win. Yeah. Right? It wasn't like it happened with 10 seconds left. It didn't happen with three minutes left. It happened at the buzzer, I'm, and Kyle Filipowski would have needed to make one of two free throws to win I'm gonna, the game. I'm, gonna, I'm not saying Duke's going to miss the tournament either, but if they do, you can literally point that, to that game. Right? That would that have been one a, game. a quad one win over the best team in your conference. It's a, it's a resume changer. So um, I, I am going to say this. I'm going to take umbrage with something you said because I was listening to the Super Bowl bro- I'm gonna, the Super Bowl broadcast. And Gene Steratore was on, and um, he said that even when he was a college basketball official, that they are fined and punished. It's just not made public. And I don't know why not, because if any, if the coaches are fined or disciplined, it's public. You're fined if you make a bad call. If you screw up again, if you get if you get to the point where you're reprimanded like that, it it, it affects you financially. Whereas I can you imagine don't, you don't get games, you don't get certain games, you don't get games, but you get fined. Yeah, he said you can get fined. Really? Yeah, I find that hard to believe that they would fine him for a judgment call. But no, maybe. but if you it, the last game was not a judgment call, they right. screwed they, up they, the rules. They book. got the rules wrong. Yeah, I so I hope I'm, I hope that that is the case because they, there should be repercussions. Like you have games that are on your like schedule that. taking away from you, from what I've understood. Right. Well, that I get, or you know, you don't advance. You know, I know that they're obviously great out don't the even officials get to the tournament. Right, right. Like it, it would be hard for me to see one of those guys at the NCAA tournament if you screwed up the rules. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, because that that was that is inexcusable. I hope they got fined for that. Um, but I, so, it, isn't it weird though? Like, if if a coach screws up and the ACC has to do something about it, it's their name is there. If a player, if but if Jim, if Buddy Beheim punches a player, right, he's suspended. He's suspended yeah. We find it's, out it's about released. It. Yeah. But why is the official like? Right, the the release that we saw on Monday was really inhumane. You know, the release we saw uh, from the ACC was the officials, you know, got the rule wrong, and both universities have been spoken to. Like that that was that was the my favorite line of that statement was, "We are like done. We have concluded the matter. We're done talking about this. Don't ask us about it. We're not answering." Yeah, there should be in corrective (laughs) measures have been or disciplinary action has been taken. Right, that would be nice to know. That would be nice to know. But, you don't have to tell us what it is, right? I listen. I so you and I are on the same page about this, Paulie. I'm fine with Kevin Keats voicing his displeasure. You know, I, I get it, and I think and I think Jim Beheim gets it too. And yeah. I think they were just yeah. commiserating just about the like refs. Everybody wants to like it's a pile on. Like they wanted Jim Beheim to be having an argument, <laughs> just because that's where we're at right now. We need Jim Beheim to be doing something wrong. No, yeah. no, he wasn't. Thank you. You know how Syracuse has an issue with Teddy Valentine. Burt Smith, the referee last night, that's NC State's guy. Of their seven losses, four of them have come with Burt right? Smith officiating. Oh, Burt. Do you see Ted Valentine's not going to be able to ref the, the tournament because of um, what he did a couple years ago during COVID? Oh, no. What did he do? Oh, no. Oh, when he his hotel room wasn't ready and him and a bunch of officials went out to lunch and oh, then he came back yeah. and one of them tested positive and then that group 
couldn't ref, and then he stayed there hoping that they would change their mind, and then they didn't change their mind. And That's a solid so, cover-up for we don't want you officiating yeah. in the tournament. He's, he's still being that. reprimanded. Anyway. Uh, we talked to Jerry about it very briefly, but Jesse's that that three-point stroke looked pretty solid last night. Buy or sell, Jesse maybe taking sell. one more three. Just one more. It can be a half-court shot. It can be Could from the corner. Sell. Give him one. Why not? Give him one. Could one you more. imagine if he had taken that shot at any other time? In the season. You don't want him to take one more? No. no. Dude, he switched it. No. That was money. Especially if he's not working on that shot. That was the <laughs> it loudest. It doesn't look like he needs to work on it. That was the loudest I've heard in the Dome in a long time when he hit that. It was a good feeling. That place erupted. He had some really big plays. He did. I mean, that one, the uh, the diving on the floor, kicking out to Judah, the basket and the foul at the end. He was, he was so important uh, to that win last night. Fire sell Benny Williams as Syracuse men basketball sixth man, only player to score off the bench in last night's game as all the starters played 34 or more minutes. I agree with Matt Park, what Matt Park said. Who cares about the bench if they win? Because, and I was talking with Devo this morning on the Devo show. Check it out, QSportsTalk.com. It's on demand. Uh, If Syracuse is going to make some sort of run here that everybody wants them to make, You've got to think there's going to have to be like one game. Somebody either gets ejected early or is in foul trouble or just isn't playing well. And Benny's going to have to come in and give him 12 minutes, score six points, get five rebounds. You don't think he's going to have to have that game off the bench at some point if this team's going to make a run? No. I do. No, because if they're that, no. No. You need the starters to stay on the floor. And Bell and Taylor are interchangeable. Sure. You could see one game where one of them is. You don't you if Jesse's in foul trouble, you're you're doomed. What if so if Malik picks up like three in the first half? You're doomed. Well, the last game, the last game they were interchangeable. I mean, the Florida State game, they both played twenty minutes. Malik and and Benny. You're so. doomed. Your whole thing is find a solution. Don't give me problems. Give me solutions. No, we know, but but is Benny Williams your solution? Because that's not a good solution. We need a solution. I'm saying the sixth man. I'm not saying give him a spot start. No, but if I'm you need him to come in and win a game for you, no. That's I, I not, I'm buying that. I don't think it matters if he's the sixth man or not. I think it depends on the situation. If Bell's struggling, it's Justin Taylor who's probably going to come in, and you hope that he gives yeah. you a lift. If it's Malik struggling, you hope that Benny Williams comes in and gives you a lift. If one of the guards is struggling, you hope it's Samir who comes in and gives you a lift. That's the beauty of this team is that, and obviously if Jesse gets in foul trouble or gets hurt, you got Munir who can come in. You, you have someone at each position along the way that could come in and in the scenario that you're laying out there, you have somebody for each spot. So I don't know if it, it you know, you, it's not necessarily going to be Benny Williams every game. Well, Paul, you're talking like Quadier's played forward a little bit this season. You're talking like you'd rather have Quadier go. No, I don't want at anybody forward. at the bench in. No, I don't. I want the five <laughs> that won that game last night in the game. I don't want the bench. If you, if you are at a point where you need the bench to win you a game, you, you're in big trouble this year. Well, to Jordan's <laughs> point, though, it, it, listen, it was great last night. You hope that all five guys play well. I don't think that's it, a hot take. Well, it's not a what hot if take. But it, punches a guy I don't think it's Wyatt during the ACC no, tournament. I don't think it's realistic you're, though. You're is doomed. It, is it realistic though that your five starters are going to be are going to play great every game the rest of the way? Probably not. No, you're going to need somebody off the bench. But to they're come still going to play the minutes. You're doomed, he says. They're still going to play the minutes. Again, if Bell's struggling and Justin Taylor's hitting <laughs> okay, some shots, that's fine. Justin Taylor's going to stay I out there. I said that was okay. Yeah. yeah I'm good okay. with that one. All right. I'm good with that one. I don't want the team to be in a position where they need Cy, Copeland, Benny. 
So Benny is in, Benny's in that group Benny, then? I don't want the bench anymore. So so you answered the question then. Justin Taylor is your sixth man. Yes. And you don't care about anybody else. Yes. Okay. I don't. I, I want. I don't. I, I, the bench. They're the bench for a reason. All right. Let's uh, just give me one more. This will be 30 we gotta seconds. Break. We got to break. We got to break. There were cupcakes at the media spread last night. Buy or sell the cupcake sandwich where you take the bottom off and put it on top and make a sandwich with the frosting. Yeah, I don't I don't love frosting. So I'm I'm well, selling that. That's I, why you do it. The frosting doesn't like get all over. Oh, I would I would just eat the cake though. I would wipe the frosting oh, off. We'll wrap things up right after this on ESPN Radio.